0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com. Hostage family members disrupt Israel's parliament in protest. Why they say they're being treated like the enemy. Is it safe to fly on these planes? The FAA alerting crew members about another Boeing 737 model. This one has the same door plugs that caused this wild blowout on Alaska Airlines. We'll tell you why they're still flying. The Supreme Court siding with the Biden administration on razor wire, now deemed inhumane. We'll bring you the surprising comments from one prominent Democrat who says the border crisis is putting the American dream at risk. But we begin tonight with, of course, the race for the White House. On the eve of New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation primary, two major candidates are in the running for the Republican nomination. And by tomorrow, at this time, it could just be one. Right now, it's down to Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis dropped out over the weekend and endorsed the former president. Soon, New Hampshire voters will hear the candidates' final arguments. Haley will cap off a busy day of campaigning with a rally in Salem that starts in about an hour. And later this evening, Donald Trump is set to hold his final New Hampshire rally in the town of Laconia, where News Nation has learned he will be joined by three of his former rivals. Experts say tomorrow's primary could be Haley's last and best chance to stop Trump. But polling there shows she's still behind him by double digits. We have team coverage tonight. News Nation's Kelly Meyer joins us live from Hollis, New Hampshire. Joe Khalil is in Salem for that Haley rally starting in about an hour. But we'll start with Kelly. Kelly, what can we expect expect from former President Donald Trump when he takes the stage tonight?
1: Well, Elizabeth, we were here today uh, in Hollis, New Hampshire, where his son was campaigning on his behalf while he was making his way back from New York City. So he was speaking to a packed room of supporters uh, at this vineyard here in Hollis, and then he is going to be making his way back for another packed rally, like we saw over the weekend as we've been covering him along the way. Don Jr. basically saying today that the race is basically over, and that was after they got that endorsement from his former rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, Now they are saying that the party All the other candidates and the rest of the party needs to unite behind his dad. Take a listen to this.
2: I appreciate Ron DeSantis doing what he's doing. At least he's a believer in the America First movement.
3: (laughs) You know, he's been a great governor. And again, this is a time, as my father said in Iowa, for us to unify.
1: So they're really hoping that after this, uh, Nikki Haley will be the next to drop out of the race, as you mentioned, and we confirm that those three former 2024 GOP presidential candidates will be joining Trump on stage tonight. That's South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, and businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, all who endorsed Trump in the last week alone, not to mention, and DeSantis jumping on that just yesterday. This all adding to this whole Veepstakes conversation, DeSantis being added to that list, as well as Tim Scott, Elise Stefanik, and Carrie Lake, who we saw last night at Trump's rally. She got chance of VP when she walked into the room. Elizabeth?
0: Yes, but notably absent from that stage tonight at the Trump rally is Governor Ron DeSantis, who is back in Florida. Kelly Meyer, thank you so much. We'll have the first votes in New Hampshire in just about six hours and 50 minutes from now. All six, yes, count them six, registered voters in the small mountain town of Dixville Notch are expected to cast their votes at midnight. While the actual voting could take, well, most likely less than a minute, the results will be the first in a crucial race that will set the tone for the rest of the 2024 primary. Let's go now to NewsNation's Joe Khalil live in Salem, where Haley is set to speak in just a few moments. Joe, a lot on the line for Haley tomorrow.
4: Yeah, there is. And look, Elizabeth, now that this is a two-person race, Nikki Haley is clearly trying to draw more of a contrast between herself and Donald Trump. Now that it's mano y mano, she can focus exclusively on that. What does that mean for her and her campaign? It means that her lines of attack have been a lot more direct, a lot more assertive in recent campaign events, including today even. She raised questions about Donald Trump's mental fitness. Uh, She said that he has cozied up to dictators. She's painting herself as the stable candidate and Donald Trump as one whom chaos follows. And here's the difference right now between both of their paths. Is Donald Trump has his base, she does not. So she is going to have to rely on turnout, she's going to have to build a coalition. That's clear from everyone we've spoken with. Nikki Haley's supporters are some traditional conservative Republicans, but also a lot of independents, even some Democrats who've become unregistered to vote for her. And she's been trying to make the case to those voters in the last couple of hours that Donald Trump and Joe Biden are on the same level when it comes to results. Now whether her voters are going to buy that, we're going to find out in a couple of hours. But listen to some of the argument that she made to our Leland Vitter.
0: Joe Biden has been terrible. In every respect, from continuing that spending that Donald Trump started to the recklessness on the border, which is truly a dereliction of duty.
4: Elizabeth, we've talked to a lot of her voters now. We've heard her speech a number of times. It is very refined. She's set to give it one more time here in the room next to me in just a couple of minutes.
0: All right. Joe Khalil, live in New Hampshire. Thanks so much. So a lot at stake here. Let's bring in News Nation's political editor, Chris Dyerwalt. Chris, it's a two person. And then there were two. It's a two person race now. Um, On average, however, Nikki Haley trails Donald Trump by about 15 points in New Hampshire. So how well does she have to do tomorrow to remain viable going forward?
5: Well, first and foremost, it's fabulous to be with you here at five o'clock. This is very nice. This is a very, a, a very nice hour of the day to be with you, my friend. It
6: is. It um,
5: is. Look, the 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 deal for Nikki Haley. She doesn't have to win, but it can't be 15 points. It can't be double digits. It has to be close. It has to be enough to make. All of the Republicans in all of the rest of the states, no, no delegates as of this moment have been allocated. Iowa hasn't allocated any delegates. That caucus just starts a process that ends in June. But for all of those Republicans, think past South Carolina. Think about Super Tuesday when Texas and California. Think of two weeks after that when Georgia. All these huge troves of delegates are out there. And a bunch of those folks are potential Nikki Haley voters. Mm-hmm. If they see a result in... Uh, New Hampshire that makes them say, oh, I guess this thing's still live. I guess we're still cooking. Then she has a chance to keep trying to draw to that inside straight, to keep going forward. That doesn't have to be a win, but it has to be close. It has to be a surprise. Close if how? How where close? where the polling average puts it right, it's got to be single digits. Uh, it's, it, it, the, the vibes will also depend on turnout, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if this is a low turnout election... Uh, and and that says that Donald Trump's base isn't turning out for him. Uh, maybe that changes the energy. But if this is a substantial turnout election, if it's anything like it was in 2016, which was the largest ever Republican primary, if it's numbers that big and Haley gets crushed, right? If she, if it's more, if it's double digits or more, I think we're talking about a race that's pretty well over
0: in New Hampshire has more independents than it does democrats or republicans i mean it's that's the largest voting group in that state and independents can vote in the republican primary so if she manages to get all those independents out there is that enough do you think to close that gap
5: yes uh look the she has to bring people in she has to you know who she has to bring in she has to bring in new sununu voters Uh, Chris Sununu has done very well in New Hampshire, and as I've been going around the state for the past several days, you find a lot of voters who fall into this category. They were Biden voters in 2020, but they were Chris Sununu voters in 2018 for governor, and he's very popular, and they like him. So they need those independents, that largest cache of voters in the state. To cross over and say, you know what, there isn't really a Democratic contest this year. I'm not interested in that. I'm coming over to participate and I'm going to send a message to Donald Trump and to the Republican Party that there are a bunch of these moderate and persuadable voters in the country who align with Nikki Haley.
0: So it's interesting, Chris, in the last 48 hours, I've seen a very different Nikki Haley than we did in the four months prior. She is out there criticizing Trump, calling him a liar. Uh, questioning his mental stability and capacity to be president. Uh, she's giving interviews. I looked up at one point and saw her giving one-on-one interviews to every single cable network. After months of giving no interviews and months of tiptoeing around Donald Trump, did she wait too late to unleash this new Nikki Haley?
5: I think, I think if you're going to do it, remember there's a big downside to that for her, which is it alienates other, those states down the line. It alienates Republicans in those states who might otherwise be inclined to do it, because as much as there are Republicans who would be willing to support Nikki Haley, once you get outside of that, say, 25 percent core of the Republican Party that's anti-Trump, they just want party unity. That's what Trump's selling tonight. The message that Trump is putting forward is it's over, unite, focus on the Democrats. Can't we stop doing this? Can't we all just get along and, and move together against the Democrats? Nikki Haley will pay a price with those voters the more she attacks Trump. So I think there's wisdom in you wait for New Hampshire, you wait for an audience where it might work, where it might help to motivate those voters, and you hit it hard for a very short period of time in hopes that you can get those crossovers, and then, of course, you know what she has to do. Pivot right back around yeah. if she can pull it off here, and head down to South Carolina and say, "Well, I said things, he said things." You know, we all just want to get together and beat Joe Biden.
0: Super quick, Chris uh, DeSantis dropped out yesterday, gave a very tepid endorsement of Donald Trump. Do his voters and supporters in New Hampshire go to Trump, or will they go to Haley, or how do you see that happening?
5: Well, insofar as there are uh, yeah. <laughs> Rod DeSantis supporters oh, in New on. Hampshire, come on, there are a
0: few. I-
5: There's a few, but insofar as there are, they will – I guess I'll put it this way. If you were holding on with the governor of Florida to this point in New Hampshire, there was something that was keeping you from going to Trump because, remember, Ron DeSantis gave up all of that, you know, half of his support to Donald Trump months ago. So the people who were migrating back to Trump – so this is just a a hunch. But I'd say, yeah, Trump will get – a bunch of those points. So let's say there's eight points there. Let's say Trump, for the sake of the discussion, let's say Trump gets five, Haley gets three.
0: Okay, of all eight supporters. Uh, Christar, well, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much. <laughs> all right, while the Republican race may be getting so much of the attention in tomorrow's New Hampshire primary, for good reason, we can't overlook the state's Democratic contest and some strange developments going on. It's not actually a true primary, of course. There are no delegates at stake. And Joe Biden will not be on the ballot tomorrow. Um, that's because the Democratic Party has decided the first contest will be in South Carolina. Carolina instead of New Hampshire. But that's not stopping 21 other Democratic hopefuls who will all be on New Hampshire's ballot. Take a look at this sample ticket from New Hampshire's secretary of state. It includes candidates you may have heard of, like Congressman Dean Phillips from Minnesota and Marianne Williamson. But it also contains people you probably don't know, like Paperboy Love Prince from Brooklyn. Yeah, he's on the ballot. Uh, and Biden supporters in New Hampshire say they plan to write in the president's name on their ballots. So, for more on all of this, let's go to News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton, live in Concord, New Hampshire. Brian, who was Paperboy Love Prince and how did he get on the ballot?
7: <laughs> yeah, it's a good question, Elizabeth. I had no idea who Paperboy Love Prince was. Uh, he is apparently an artist and an activist from New York. And it is kind of crazy to think that Paperboy Love Prince made it on the ballot here, but Joe Biden is not on the ballot. And it's got Democrats here in New Hampshire upset. You drive around Concord, New Hampshire, heavily Democrat, you see a lot of these signs, Elizabeth, write in Joe Biden. There is this grassroots campaign uh, to write in Joe Biden on the ballot tomorrow.
6: I'm something of an expert on illusive creatures. So I challenged myself to find President Biden in New Hampshire during this primary season.
7: This new ad has hit the airwaves in New Hampshire with Bigfoot questioning, where is Joe Biden? The president has not done any campaigning here. His name is not even on the ballot. There's this Bigfoot ad running like it's easier to find Bigfoot than it is to find Joe Biden in New Hampshire right
8: now. Yeah, he's not here because he's doing the job. That's my answer. Yeah.
7: Granite state Democrats like Francois Burdette don't like the criticism of Joe Biden, and they are not particularly happy with the DNC for opting to keep Biden's name off the state's ballot. The DNC deciding South Carolina would be the first official primary this year on February 3rd,
0: not New Hampshire. Our first in the nation, New Hampshire status has been altered a bit, and it makes us upset. Um, Regardless, um, the writing campaign is really important, and... um, and it's a risky move to have this writing campaign. But if it succeeds, we have the chance that psychologically Joe Biden has momentum.
7: Writing in campaigns are traditionally an uphill challenge, especially when there are 21 other names on the Democratic ballot. It's an interesting group adding to an already unusual primary year. Candidates like Paperboy Love Prince from Brooklyn, Vermin Supreme from Massachusetts, and more known candidates like Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips, who I spotted at the Trump rally of all
5: places last night. Everybody I've just said hi to, everybody was so nice. And there's this image propagated by many of my colleagues on MSNBC that all these people are either insurrectionists or deplorables. And I know that's not the case, and that's just why I'm here. I didn't know you guys would be here, but I just wanted to come out and say hi to folks. And look, so far, everyone's
7: a really friendly person. What does it mean that you're getting such a warm uh, reaction at at a Trump rally? I mean, people are sort of happy to see you. That's actually what I'm trying
5: to demonstrate to our country. Angertainment would have us believe we are so much more divided than we really are.
7: Definitely was not expecting to see him there at the Trump rally, Elizabeth. I want to show you, though, the sample ballot again. You've got all the names here. 21, Dean Phillips, Paperboy, Love Prince. Uh, and then at the very bottom, there's this line for the write-in. So this is where they're asking people to write in Joe Biden. Not only do they have to write the name in there, but they have to bubble in the circle, too. And if they do both of those things, it will count. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see tomorrow. Uh, if they can actually win the primary here without him technically being on the ballot, Elizabeth.
0: Well, support, and polls show that he has support from 63% of uh, New Hampshire Democrats. the second place person is Congressman Dean Phillips, who's hanging out at the Trump rally, who has 10%. So he leads by quite a large margin.
7: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I guess the question, though, is, you know, they, they, if they 're not taking New Hampshire seriously, are the Democrats actually going to go out of their house, go to the polls? Yeah. but there 's been this grassroots stay effort. Home. The signs are all over the place yeah, I, I think they're, they're going to go. I, th- I mean, just being on the ground here mm-hmm. there 's this energy that they want to go write the name in, um, so I think it 's looking good for Biden in that way, but we 'll see how it plays out tomorrow.
0: All right, Brian Enton, live from New Hampshire. stay warm out there let 's go now to Blake Berman, news nation 's chief Washington correspondent and moderator of The Hill which is in... I'm in your old-time slot. You're in my old-time slot. Like, who's on first? Just Uh, just a
9: little flip, right? That's all. What do
0: you think... um, Do you think Dems are going to turn out uh, in tomorrow's New Hampshire primary, or will they sit it out since their guy's not on the ballot for the most part?
9: So we're talking about Bigfoot and paperboy love prints on the (laughs) the Democratic side. Here we are, I guess, Elizabeth. um, (laughs) Look, so, um, you know, I go back to... um, the 2010 Alaska Senate race. And the reason why I go back there is because uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski, as you might remember, was a write-in candidate on the Republican side. She got 39.5%, so call it 40%. Now, obviously, she was trying to win that seat. It was an active campaign, widely followed, of course, a Senate seat. But the reason why I bring that up is because if she got up to 40% in a Senate seat, you gotta think, that that President Biden would at least want to hit that number there in New Hampshire. Obviously, he's not on the ballot. Obviously, he's not actively running. But we have seen this before. Yeah. Uh, you know, what was that, 13, 14 years ago or whatever it is. So I, I wonder if he's going to get to that number. And if he, you know, if he blows that out of the water, then he could say, look, see, this was all for nothing. Uh, if he doesn't, then you might have some questions about Democratic enthusiasm and the like.
0: Oh, you, I think we have some questions about enthusiasm for yeah. either Trump or Biden, according to the latest Decision Desk HQ poll, yep. which shows nobody wants to see that ballot in November. But at this rate, it looks like that's exactly what we're going to see on the ballot this November. All right. Blake Berman, The, the time, Hill Blake. starts at six uh, o'clock. At so stay tuned for that. Thanks, Blake.
10: Coming Thanks, up. Elizabeth.
0: Boeing's 737 nightmare is getting even more scary. The FAA today issued a brand new safety alert calling for visual inspections of an even older 737 aircraft. Is it enough to keep you safe? We'll tell you.
11: News Nation tomorrow live from New Hampshire starting at 7 Eastern. It's America's first presidential primaries and NewsNation Decision Desk 24 has you covered with the best political team on TV and accurate real-time poll results. There's a new home for election coverage you can trust. The New Hampshire presidential primaries. NewsNation tomorrow starting at 7 Eastern. To find NewsNation on your screen, go to joinnn.com.
6: Did you know your thyroid gland makes extra hormones during pregnancy for your baby's developing brain and nervous system? I am Dr. Griffin Rogers, the director of the National Institute of Diabetes, Digestive and Kidney Diseases at NIH. Your thyroid gland uses a mineral called iodine to make thyroid hormones. During the first 18 to 20 weeks of pregnancy, your baby relies on the thyroid hormones you produce. That's why during pregnancy, you need extra iodine to support both you and your baby. Good sources of iodine are dairy foods, seafood, eggs, meat, poultry, and iodized salt. Also, taking a prenatal vitamin with iodine can help ensure your thyroid has what it needs. If you're pregnant, learn about the symptoms of thyroid problems and tell your doctor if you've had a history of thyroid disease. Monitoring your thyroid during pregnancy can help reduce health problems for you and your baby. To learn more, follow us at NIDDK.gov.
12: The familiar USDA grades for beef at your local grocery store or retailer are given by Agricultural Marketing Service graders. Now there is an effort to expand grading capabilities in a remote fashion. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack explained during a Friday visit at the National Western Stock Show in Denver.
5: We're announcing what we refer to as the remote grading pilot. It's going to be available to any processing facility that does not currently have a full or part-time grading system in place.
12: The pilot involves remote graders using at-plant photographs and videos to issue grades for beef cuts and carcasses. The secretary notes a feasibility study on such a system occurred last year, involving several processing facilities.
5: And we're only going to charge the producer for the time spent reviewing the pictures and making the determination.
12: Creating both cost savings and flexibility for small-sized processors wishing to utilize this voluntary service. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
0: This is Allie Bradley. Get my podcast, Bradley on the Border, at newsnationnow.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has proposed a new set of rules to rein in what it calls excessive overdraft fees charged by banks. Currently, consumers are paying nearly $9 billion in overdraft fees, more than $2.3 billion to just 10 large banks in 2023. There's good news for sports fans. There's a proposed agreement on the table that would ensure video coverage of local and regional sporting events. Amazon may partner with Diamond Sports using Prime to provide local coverage of Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the National Hockey League. There's a new trend that started on TikTok with children as young as 10 buying skincare products. One dermatologist in Washington, D.C. tells WTOP Radio that the trend may do more harm than good. She believes cosmetics firms are targeting preteens and encouraging the trend. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at consumeraffairs.com.
9: Every moment counts if you're at risk or living with lung cancer, and anyone with lungs can get lung cancer. It causes more cancer deaths than breast, colon, and prostate combined. And while there may be moments where you question your next step, through it all, GoTo for Lung Cancer is here for you. We are your community. For screening, treatment, and survivorship support, GoTo is your go-to. Confronting lung cancer starts here. Visit GoTo.org.
0: All right, some news now for everybody who flies in this country. The FAA has issued a brand new safety alert for a second Boeing 737 model. The plane is the 737-900ER. The issue is it has the same door plugs that caused this terrifying experience for passengers on a 737 MAX 9 on Alaska Airlines. Uh, more of those, uh, those 737 MAX 9s, more than a hundred of them, remain grounded pending inspections and a new alert covers an earlier model that won't be grounded but is still being inspected. Regulators are calling for visual checks of the exit doors to double check that the door is secured properly to the airplane. Wow. Joining us now is Robert Mark, a pilot and aviation expert. Uh, Robert, what led the FAA to issue this brand new alert for this earlier model?
3: Well, they realized that the uh, door uh, system was very similar to the one on the 737 MAX 9s, and they said, out of an abundance of caution, we're going to ask uh, operators to check those as well. Right now, we don't believe we've heard any uh, uh, data that, uh, or seen any data that uh, says there have been uh, any loose parts at this, at least. Right now,
0: there are 380 of these earlier 737 models, uh, mostly flown by the in the U.S. by Delta, Alaska, and United Airlines. Um, they're not being grounded during these inspections. Is that a good idea or not?
3: I think it's probably just fine. Uh, the again, I think if if they find, uh, you know, they're they're making these inspections based on the assumption that better to be safe than anything else. And uh, if they do find something, well, then I think we might be looking at some stronger action from FAA.
0: In the meantime, it turns out that bolts were missing. Four bolts were missing from that Alaska Airlines 737 MAX 9 whose door blew off mid-flight. How is that possible that four bolts were missing?
3: When it comes to the Alaska incident, the, the one thing that we don't know yet is the When the door hit the ground, the bolts were certainly gone, or I should say when they found the door. Uh, But we don't know that the bolts didn't come loose uh, as the uh, uh, door left the airplane. Uh, Maybe when it hit the ground, uh, they could have bounced around somewhere. Uh, We don't know. They didn't just fly out of the holes while the, the uh, the door was falling to the ground. So we, we may never find those bolts, but that doesn't necessarily mean they weren't there to start with.
0: Yeah, but we already know that on United, uh, 737 MAX 9s, they found bolts that were loose, and this plane remains grounded. It's raised a lot of concerns about Boeing's safety standards and protocols.
3: Boeing's manufacturing processes have been uh, coming under scrutiny for a number of years now, certainly since the uh, the MAX accidents back in uh, uh, you know, the late uh, teens. And um, FAA is supposed to be uh, part of that, uh, that process, uh, but, of course, FAA also hasn't had a, a leader uh, at the helm until just a few months ago. So we're not sure how much, uh, you know, oversight FAA has really been providing to, uh, to Boeing.
0: That doesn't sound very reassuring as a passenger in the flying public. I got to tell you.
3: No, you know I, I know it doesn't. However, let's let's be serious. The the Boeing airplanes are they've been around for a long time. I mean, the B 52s that the Air Force flies were built in the nineteen fifties. Uh, so it's uh, they're very strong airplanes. I don't believe for a, 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 a minute that. Boeing has unsafe airplanes out there. Okay. We have some processes that are a little, a little worrisome, though.
0: Okay. <laughs> You've got to understand how that sounds to the flying public. You don't want to get well, on a plane and hear, oh, there's some worrisome things.
3: A captain wouldn't want to take the airplane out any more than a passenger would want to ride in it yeah. if they didn't think it was safe.
0: All right. Robert Mark, to be continued. Thanks so much. Coming up, a messy divorce is threatening to maybe, perhaps, derail a case against former President Donald Trump. White District Attorney Fonnie Willis is now on defense next.
3: The ladies of Designing Women call Antenna TV home. It's
10: fantastic. It's beautiful. I love it.
3: Whoever said there's no such thing as a silly question, clearly never watched Designing Women.
10: Who is this pig you're
0: carrying on with? Where was your underwear? What the heck are you talking about?
3: Catch Designing
6: Women on the network that makes you laugh all day and all night.
10: Antenna TV
13: Dear Hero, Whoever you are, you save lives. I live with sickle cell and the pain and the issues that come along with sickle cell every day. I'm most grateful that people are willing to go out there and take their time, their blood, and give me new life. Because of you, I'm allowed to see my son grow up. Giving equals living. Give blood. Replenish the supply. Learn more at
7: hhs.gov slash Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
6: I'm Naheem Hines, proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom has muscular dystrophy, and the MDA helps her and kids like my buddy Ethan.
0: My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association, and people like you I have more hope than ever before. And MDA funds over 150 care centers for
13: kids like me.
6: For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and related neuromuscular diseases. Learn more at mda.org today.
7: Are you prepared for an emergency or disaster? Because it's not a matter of if, but when. Don't find yourself saying,
12: When the storm rolls in, my time to find a pet-friendly evacuation center will have run out. The scorching heat wave
14: will leave me powerless to cool my insulin.
6: I'll face a
12: hurricane without meds.
6: Now
7: that's a tough pill to swallow. Let's prepare so we all have a better story to tell. Get started at ready.gov slash olderadults. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
13: Being an army ranger is a very fast-paced lifestyle. I was clearing a weapons cache in Haditha, Iraq when the building collapsed on me, burying me alive. I spent six months in the hospital and a year of recovery. When I was separated from the military, I just felt like I was useless because I only had this one thing that I was supposed to do and then that one thing was taken away from me. But then one day, I got a call from Wounded Warrior Project. They asked me to come to a workout, and I decided that I was going to get better, both physically and mentally. Now I'm a warrior leader. I create events and opportunities for other veterans locally. Wounded Warrior Project did a phenomenal job reminding me that my injuries aren't going to define who I am. And because of that, I can do anything that I want.
0: See how we help warriors combat stigma. At slash combat stigma.
3: You're listening to Elizabeth Vargas reports on NewsNation's Nation's audio stream. Available 24 7 on the News Nation app, or just say, Alexa, play News Nation.
4: My name is DeMar Hamlin. I play for the Buffalo Bills, and I play safety. CPR saved my life. I've teamed up with the American Heart Association as a national ambassador to help create a nation of lifesavers, turning bystanders into lifesavers through CPR education and access to AEDs. Nearly three out of four cardiac arrests that don't happen in hospitals happen in homes. Join me to ensure everyone has the chance to live longer, healthier lives. Visit heart.org slash nation.
3: Ashley Banfield and Chris Cuomo on America's fastest growing cable news network, News Nation.
0: The viewer seems to have been lost in the shuffle of cable news lately. They don't want a team sport. They want the full picture. The
12: appetite is greater than it has ever been for perspective, for understanding, and for
3: information that they can not just trust, but use. See why more people are turning to News Nation, news for all America. To find News Nation on your screen, go to
8: joinnn.com.
0: The district attorney prosecuting Donald Trump for trying to overturn the election in Georgia will not have to face a deposition in the divorce case of one of her lawyers on the team, at least for now. Today a judge in Georgia put on hold a subpoena of Fulton County DA Fannie Willis where she would have faced questions under oath about her relationship with Nathan Wade. Wade is a lawyer who she named to her to team and who happens to be going through a divorce of his own. One of Trump's co-defendants accused Wade and Willis of having an affair and has called for Wade to be dismissed from the whole case and for the whole case to be thrown out. It's become a messy tabloid fodder issue in the case and has called into question Willis' judgment. For more on all this, I'm joined by News Nation legal contributor Jesse Weber and trial attorney and legal analyst Mercedes Colwyn. Thanks to you both. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that I've been seeing a lot of people ask in different articles that have been written about this, which is why is this such a big deal? If she is dating one of the three lawyers she appointed to help her prosecute this case.
15: The biggest issue and the cornerstone issue is this. Was Donald Trump and Rom- and Roman Wade actually deprived of their due process. And when it comes to the prosecution of their case, by selecting someone who you have an intimate relationship allegedly, who you selected and doesn't have the requisite experience to actually co-prosecute the cases, and so at the end of the day, it doesn't look like they have had anything with respect to their due process. The in case hasn't even started yet. Exactly. But this is part of it because there's already been an indictment. So is this just so, muddying the waters?
11: I, I think it's a little bit more than that, to be honest. I think what we're dealing with here is a question of did she hire somebody who was getting paid thousands of dollars, thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Taxpayer and then, dollars. And she got the benefit of it. Now, I don't think that affects the prosecution of Donald Trump. It doesn't affect that she has some sort of interest in it, which is what we talk about when you have a conflict of interest and you have to recuse yourself what This is the bigger issue. Did she violate ethics rules? Did she do something so improper that she should no longer be the Fulton County DA? If that becomes the case... Who is going to prosecute the case against Donald Trump? Because then it's going to have to go to another district, and that completely delays the prosecution of the but case. I think the that's ch-
0: the, what are the chances of that happening? This is pretty big
11: deal. I mean, first of all, it started as an accusation Wait, you by guys Mr. R- both telling I, me you I, don't think it's. Going I, don't think I think it's a big.
15: De- I think it's a big deal. It is a big deal, but I don't think it's going to result in the extinguishment of the indictment. It might no. result in her in getting some ethics charges because look, if you're hiring someone who doesn't have the requisite skills. Why did you hire them? And they made, to your point, Jesse, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's, it's been reported. Right. It's over, over $600,000 that he has gained in, from this case alone. I,
0: okay, I, so I, I, wh- r- r- why is he not experienced? Tell me about it. I know that he has very little prosecutorial experience. Yes, right. But- that his experience as a defense lawyer prior to being named to this team, and he's the head of the team by the way, right. he runs yeah. the team. Uh, he he defended cases that were minor misdemeanors,
11: traffic violations. This is one of the biggest prosecutions in all of American history. This is about the former president of the United States. It is a racketeering case. Even if Donald Trump wasn't the lead defendant, those are incredibly complicated. So why did she hire him as opposed to others? Now I know it's very interesting because she's come on the defensive and said, "This is you know this is racist. Uh, why are?" They going after Mr. Wade. I've hired other prosecutors on the team.' You're, he's the only one you're accused of having in a relationship with. So I think this is a bigger deal not so much about the merits of the Donald Trump case, but her ability to be the lead prosecutor in Georgia in Fulton County.
15: It'll be interesting because if the divorce proceedings for the t- time being she's not going to testify and the reason why she's being called in to testify is what whether Roman Wade had had not Roman Wade, whether Nathan Wade had actually used any of the monies, to spend it on
0: her, oh, but vacations how do you, I mean, and all that. I know, but you just because he earned that much money from the county working on this team, you can't say, well, that particular dollar went right. to buy that, you know. Well, but it is money. But that's part of what he was, what He's Jesse, been on the Jesse's case. He's been investigating.
11: Saying. Been paid over six hundred thousand dollars. They're looking at the receipts, the airline tickets. Seems to suggest he was using that money to pay for vacations for the both of them, and that's a problem. Now, again, where this will go. I don't know, but I tell you, in Fulton County, the, the code of ethics says you have to do everything to just avoid the appearance of impropriety, the appearance of a conflict of interest. At the very least, this was such a bad judgment call on her part.
0: In the meantime, one media outlet over the weekend uh, found an old tape of Fannie Willis saying, I would never date anybody who worked for me. Really? <laughs> office romances are a bad idea. I, I just, you know, I Listen. It raises questions about her judgment. If this is true, and it appears to be because she's given several different statements about this, she has never denied having a relationship. She wanted to try, she asked the judge to quash it. The subpoena for her to testify uh, under deposition in this divorce case, because she didn't want to have to answer these questions under oath. I mean, what was she thinking? It would, it Colossal would
15: been... judgment fail. Really, it that's w- really what it boils down to. She should never have done something like this. And plus, she's got a great reputation. She's been, she's had an unblemished record until now.
11: Well, she. And did you have... hired
15: someone with no RICO experience, no she... racketeering experience, nothing.
11: Well, she did have to recuse herself in the prosecution of Lieutenant Governor uh, Bert Jones because she had actually fundraised his opponent. So she's, not, not, she's not, not familiar with conflicts of interest. I mean, I just would say it would have been better for her to have the relationship with Mr. Wade after he was hired, even six months after he was hired. It was the fact that she was apparently in this relationship with him and then hired him and knew he was going to be paid a lot of money. I think that's the bigger consideration here. And the bigger problem here is why he was qualified. Did they go through the proper protocols of him being selected? Um, I know there's questions there, and that's the problem right there in this. Someone
15: did come to her defense, though, that she didn't have to get permission to hire Nathan Wade. So that part, I think they've squared away. But it really comes to question whether she's going to be brought up on ethics charges. Yeah, She could be.
0: And I That could know. be more but problematic she, for her in the long run. This is a huge, historic Case right. um, and massive with the, and they've already got victories. They've already had four of the co- co-defendants right. flip and plead guilty and admit they they committed these crimes, you know. And then this happens because. You made this kind of error in judgment, allegedly. But
15: but but every
0: prosecutor who's doing this
15: type of case, why would you ever do any take any misstep, yeah. knowing but, that the scrutiny is going to be so
11: significant? And just one thing with her, she, Fannie Willis has also created conflicts in this case by the comments she made before the indictment of Donald yep, Trump. Yeah, she did previewing it to come, making comments get him. about Lindsey Graham. Get him. So you know, yeah,
0: yeah, okay, Jesse Weber. Mercedes Coleman, great to have you both on the set, as always. Great to be here. All right, coming up, protesters storm a meeting at Israel's parliament demanding the government bring home their loved ones who are being held hostage in the tunnels of Gaza. All this as the country's prime minister flat out rejects a deal to get those hostages released.
8: Rewind TV. Playback the 80s and 90s with TV's totally tubular characters. I'm a witch. Alex P. Keaton here. Playback the neon memories.
14: Heavy duty.
8: The major laughs. I think
11: it's hysterical. Excuse me if I just want to laugh
8: just a little. And the radical catchphrases. What you tell my words? Your favorite sitcoms from the 80s and 90s are all in one place. Rewind TV. Just go to RewindTV.com and check it out.
2: Through Travis Mannion Foundation's Operation Legacy service projects, veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians across the country come together under the common cause to serve in honor of our nation's heroes. Service projects include city beautifications, planting memorial trees, volunteering at shelters, park cleanups, and more. Ask yourself, if not me, then who? And register for a project near you or as a virtual volunteer by visiting oplegacy.org.
12: This is an important message from the Mine Safety and Health Administration. Belt conveyors can be dangerous to miners working on or around them. Remember, always install proper guarding to prevent contact
3: between miners and moving conveyor parts. Before working on a conveyor, disconnect the power and follow lockout-tagout procedures. These simple steps can make a difference in keeping miners safe. Take time. Save lives. For more
8: resources, visit MSHA.gov.
14: I need a tax preparer. How should I choose one?
8: Using a paid tax preparer this year? Before paying someone to do your taxes, make sure they're qualified. Ask about their fees, experience, and training. Check with a better business bureau. Avoid anyone who promises a higher refund. And review your tax return before you sign it. And make sure your preparer signs it too. For more tips, visit irs.gov and search Choosing a Preparer.
1: My mom has taken up going to the park to practice yoga. My dad's going to a club, but not a book club, a
13: salsa club. Finding new hobbies comes with age. My mom has started getting lost
0: and not knowing where she's going.
13: Becoming lost or disoriented doesn't. Confusion with time or place may be a sign of Alzheimer's. An early diagnosis can help improve the quality of life for your loved one. Learn the warning signs of Alzheimer's at 10signs.org. Brought to you by the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
0: Tonight on News Nation,
7: The Hill is on at a new time, 6 Eastern. Join Blake Furman and the best political
0: team for the latest from D.C. The Hill at its new time. Tonight, 6 Eastern, following Elizabeth Vargas reports on News Nation. Smokey the Bear. Then you know why Smokey tells you when he sees you passing
5: through. Remember, please be careful, it's the least that you can do. <laughs>
2: it's what you desire, don't play with matches.
14: Play with fire, yeah. After 80 years of learning his wildfire prevention tips, Smokey Bear lives within us all. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. And remember,
6: only you can prevent wildfires.
14: Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
6: Imagine the hospital experience.
7: There's a constant parade of serious doctors, countless tests, and a serious diagnosis. Scary surgeries are followed by painful recoveries. You're in the hospital for days, weeks, months, now imagine you're a child this is why starlight exists starlight programs help kids in the hospital cope build resilience bolster confidence and change their outlook because happiness matters donate
12: today at www.starlight.org
10: there's danger out there it lurks on highways and quiet neighborhood streets it's more likely to kill you than a shark and more terrifying than the biggest snake distracted driving claims lives every day Every notification, swipe, social post, video, or selfie while driving risks your life. So while you might think public speaking or the zombie apocalypse is scary, what's really terrifying, and even deadly, is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
4: This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Each week, VA sends an email to over 13 million veterans... It's jam-packed with veteran discounts on hundreds of services, job listings, and information on home loans. Plus, access to many local events for veterans and their families. Subscribe for free at va.gov/vetresources to learn more.
0: Turning out of the war between Israel and Hamas, Israel is facing mounting pressure tonight after doubling down against a deal with Hamas to free the hostages and end the war. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rejected what he called terms of surrender to Hamas. They included Israel's withdrawal from Gaza and the release of Palestinian prisoners in exchange for Hamas freeing hostages. In a statement, Netanyahu insisted on Israel overseeing all the territory west of Jordan including full control of Gaza. He made similar comments on a call with President Biden on Friday where he was steadfast against a two-state solution. Biden told the Israeli Prime Minister that his vision for peace includes a two-state solution. It was the first time the leaders had spoken in almost a month, a sign of how tense that relationship has become. European leaders are also arguing today that there must be a two-state solution. It's the only path for peace. So have Arab leaders. But Netanyahu and his far-right coalition have refused repeatedly to consider a two-state solution or a deal that would free nearly 130 hostages who've been kept underground in the tunnels beneath Gaza for more than 100 days. This has led to furious protests in his own country. Relatives of the hostages stormed Israel's parliament today, demanding government action to bring the hostages home. They say time is running out. Netanyahu did meet with some relatives today, but he's refused to budge on the proposed hostage deal, saying it wasn't actually even real. Joining us now is Israeli journalist and Reichman University media lecturer, Yaya Lavi, uh, with whom I worked uh, in Israel many, many years, and Omer Metzger, who survived the attack on kibbutz near Oz and whose grandfather is still being held hostage in the Gaza Strip. Omer, I'd like to start with you. Your mom and dad were part of those protests today uh, that we just saw that video of in the Knesset. Police took your mother in. They say they're being treated like the enemy here.
10: Uh, actually, my mom uh, was taken in by the police because uh, they blocked a road next to Tel Aviv. Um, but I would say that it is a shame that our country uh, holds us back when we're asking them to help us get the hostages back.
0: Home. When you hear... Your grandfather is still being held hostage. You are praying, I'm sure, every day that he's still alive. When you hear Netanyahu flat-out reject any sort of deal that would secure their release, what's your reaction?
10: I just, don't feel com- I just don't feel secure that my government actually wants to free the hostages in any cost and putting them on top of the list of, you know, the targets, like what they're trying to achieve in this war. Yeah, your family just um,
0: your family just found out that your grandfather's DNA was found in a newly discovered Hamas tunnel. Yes. Yeah. So, what does that mean for you? Does that give you hope that he's still alive?
10: I I know that he's still alive. I know that I, I'm I'm sure of it. And we already known about this um, tunnel from my grandmother that came back uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but seeing this place just shows you know that. The conditions that they've been at which are terrible like you can see how how easily diseases can grow there and how they don't have places for food it looks like the cells like it looks like prison yeah so and it's underground they don't have enough air everything is just it's not a condition that elderly or children or anyone can actually stay out for such a long time Yale, yeah,
0: when we look at that video of those furious families storming the Knesset today, you know, there's a poll out right now, 59% of Israelis think that Benjamin Netanyahu is not negotiating in their interest, but in his own self interest in trying to stay out of prison and stay in power.
14: If you had uh, taken that poll, if you take that poll tomorrow, it's probably going to reach 70. Um, at this point, Benjamin Netanyahu, irrespective of what he puts out to the world, internally He's really standing on his last legs, especially after the interview that you mentioned of the cabinet member, Eisenkot, former chief of staff. You have to remember, Israelis are very connected to the military legacy. Everybody serves in the military. This is a man who's in the war cabinet and just lost a son. He lost his young in son. Gaza. In Gaza, two weeks ago. And he has said from within the cabinet that the Israeli prime minister is lying to the Israeli people.
0: So wait. Benjamin Netanyahu's a member of his own emergency government has gone out publicly and said Netanyahu's lying. Exactly like that on primetime
14: Israeli TV on a show similar to 60 Minutes. Now Eisenkot is people, you know, if you're looking at Israeli media today, right after that interview, saying that if anybody's going to pull out of that cabinet and try to start some sort of a move of bringing the government down, it's going to be Eisenkot. Because he sat there and said, listen, we're lying to the Israeli people. We cannot beat Hamas and bring the hostages back. Those are two missions that cannot work together. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be said to the Israeli public.
0: So where is Israeli public sentiment right now? If, you, if they have to choose between... Killing Hamas, destroying Hamas, and bringing their hostages home. It's, it's, a, it's a
14: very good question because we have to understand Israelis are war-savvy you know, savvy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> soldiers who believe that when there's war, then they need to unite together. But three months into this war with soldiers, Israeli soldiers, and again, I'm not making comparisons, but when it comes to the number of Israeli soldiers being lost, approximately between a one to ten a week, that's not something he can sustain. Um, I would, you know, I'm not making any predictions, but I would say that come mid-February, if this continues, and definitely if there's no deal or half a deal to bring the uh, the hostages back, then demonstrations will get much bigger in Israel. There's a feeling that it's about to blow and there will be a demand that the government disband.
0: Omer, I've just got to ask you, how do you and your parents hang on? Uh, waiting for word. I can't even imagine um, what it's been like for you and your family waiting all this time and wondering how your grandfather is faring
10: in the tunnels of Gaza. We don't hang on. We fight every day. Every day, my, my mom is in protest. Every day, my mom is screaming. Every day, my dad is trying to, you know, be with my grandmother and help her. And she's also like uh, trying to heal right now and in a hospital and everything is just so chaotic. Nothing is normal right now.
0: Omer, so there's no hanging on. If you could say anything to Benjamin Netanyahu right now, what would you say to him? I would say
10: to him that it is, it is a shame that my, grandpa, my grandparents uh, didn't come back much sooner and that my grandfather is still there and so many other uh, you know, innocent civilians are still held in Gaza. And that I think that he needs to do anything that is in his power to bring them back home as soon as possible because time is so important here.
0: And you know what, Yale, as you said, the more casualties stack up from Israeli forces fighting in Gaza, the more erosion of public support there will be and more outrage there will be directed toward Netanyahu.
14: Completely. Definitely so, and especially, um, look, there are several reports unconfirmed right now in Israel that today was a very bloody day in Gaza for the IDF. And you've already seen in several, um, uh, you know, funerals that are happening in Israel daily when it comes to Israeli mothers. And just a quick reminder, the the Lebanon war was done back in 2000 because a group called Four Mothers Mm -hmm. demonstrated for several months. And I do think that we're going to see something similar with Israeli parents and mothers coming out in the next several weeks, much more in force, to demand something change with the government policy.
0: Yeah, I love you. It's great to have you here. Thanks for lending us your expertise. Omer, uh, thank you once again for coming on the show. We continue to pray for you and your family and most especially your grandfather, truly. Thank you. All right. Coming up, we're going to switch gears a bit. An outspoken Democratic senator challenges his critics, saying the American dream is being threatened by the chaos at the border. Hear his plan to fix it next.
2: Would you let
12: other people order for you?
15: He'll have the knees.
12: No, I won't. So why let others make decisions about your older years? Do you want your kids or perfect strangers choosing where you'll live or how your money gets spent? Uh, no. Go to longtermcare.gov and find your own path forward. It takes you step by step through everything you need to consider about aging and all your options. Longtermcare.gov. Plan now to stay in charge or pay later. How about a mohawk? <laughs> Very funny.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Kathleen Eubanks-Ming with the American Academy of Family Physicians. Bullies use power, strength, or popularity to hurt others emotionally or physically. And while you can't be with your child all the time, there are ways you can help. If your child encounters a bully, tell them to get to a safe place and tell an adult. You can also show them how to block online bullies. Teach them they can be more than a bystander and that they can help their peers. For more on bullying, visit FamilyDoctor.org or talk with your family physician.
7: Are you prepared for an emergency or disaster? Because it's not a matter of if, but when.
12: Don't find yourself saying,
15: I'll trust water bottles and a flashlight to save the day, but I'll be
14: proofed wrong.
6: With a tornado approaching, I'll realize that I like a wheelchair-accessible shelter.
14: When the floodwaters rise, I'll be up in the attic with 20 cans of beans. It's a recipe for disaster.
7: Let's prepare so we all have a better story to tell. Get started at ready.gov slash older adults. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
10: After I lost my mom, I lost my way. Then I found youth advocate programs, YAP, behavioral health services.
2: As a little kid, I made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. YAP gives communities alternatives to residential care, youth incarceration, and neighborhood violence. After completing our program, nearly 90% of participants remain in their community. YAP works.
7: i work towards a bright future.
2: Youth advocate programs. Others talk social change. We make it happen. Learn more at yapinc.org. Through Travis Mannion Foundation's Operation Legacy service projects, veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians across the country come together under the common cause to serve in honor of our nation's heroes. Service projects include city beautifications, planting memorial trees, volunteering at shelters, park cleanups, and more. Ask yourself, if not me, then who? And register for a project near you or as a virtual volunteer by visiting oplegacy.org.
5: Thanks for listening to News Nation on the Go. I'm Leland Vitter. To find America's
13: fastest growing cable news network on your screen, go to joinnn.com.
6: As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. US Department of Health and Human Services Health Resources and Services Administration.
5: Where can the skills you learn with ham radio take you? Amateur radio, often called ham radio, is the place where today's engineers got their start. Ham radio is more popular than ever before. With hands-on training in electronics, engineering, and digital communications, modern hams interface computers and radios in entirely new ways. Ham radio in the 21st century can take you around the world or into a whole new career. Learn more. Go to ARRL.org. Join us.
14: I need to pay my taxes. What are my payment options?
8: The IRS has several options for paying your taxes. You can pay with IRS direct pay, a debit or credit card, or with an electronic funds withdrawal when you e-file your return. If you can't pay the full amount, consider paying over time with an online payment agreement or our offer in compromise program. Both tools are available on irs.gov. Go to irs.gov slash payment to find an option that is best suited for you.
0: All right, there's news today on a story we first told you about late last week. Two Navy SEALs who were lost in a raid at sea have been declared dead after an unsuccessful 10-day search for their bodies. The military says it's now a recovery operation and called off the search and rescue over the weekend. The two SEALs went missing during a January 11th mission to board a ship off the coast of Somalia and seize Iranian-made missiles headed for the Houthis in Yemen. The Pentagon says one of the SEALs fell into the ocean and that another SEAL went in after to help. That is the protocol for Navy SEAL training. Their names uh, were released late today. President Biden, in a statement, called it a profound loss. Uh, The SEALs represented, he said, the very best of America. There's also a win for the Biden administration on the southern border tonight. In a 5-4 decision, the Supreme Court backed the White House in a dispute with the state of Texas over razor wire at the Mexico border. The ruling paves the way for federal agents to remove the wire that Texas put there. Texas installed it as part of Governor Greg Abbott's ongoing battle with the federal government over the hundreds of thousands of migrants entering the country. Today's ruling follows an emergency appeal from the White House. It's just one of several legal challenges related to Abbott's crackdown on illegal immigration on the southern border. Texas sued the Biden administration back in October after agents cut part of that wire fence. Are you living the American dream? For many Americans, this high-priced post-COVID edition of America is proving difficult. But Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman says America's resources are being burned at the border. And the Democrat says it will take a bipartisan push to bring the American dream back into focus for actual Americans.
6: I think two things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we also need to have a secure border. And I really I think about immigration is we want to provide the American dream for any migrant. But it seems very difficult when you have 300,000 people showing up encountered at at a quarter to do that. And I think we need to to do a reset and we have to work together uh, and develop uh, a new comprehensive solution to that.
0: Calls for bipartisanship don't usually elicit an enthusiastic response from the opposing side. But this is an issue that impacts all Americans. All right. That's it for us. Right now, it's time for The Hill, moderated by Blake Berman. I'm Elizabeth Vargas. We'll see you right back here tomorrow night.
9: Hello there and welcome to The Hill on News Nation, as we are just hours away from votes being cast in the first in the nation primary. Just Donald Trump and Nikki Haley left on the Republican side. Coming up, we are live with one of the top conservatives in Congress who just flipped his support to Trump. We are also live with the Haley campaign asking if they can win tomorrow and potentially shake up the race. Plus, Chris Steierwald joins us live from the Granite State on how, if at all, Haley can make this a competitive race. And why is Bigfoot on TV taunting President Biden? Why one Democrat running for president is trying to create a hairy situation within his party. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill.